I went to my neighbor's funeral the other day. There was a church service. But from where I was sitting, I couldn't hear much. So I took my cues from the other people in the pews. I stood up, sat down, stood up again, sat down, pretended I knew the words of the prayers. I also sang every now and then, but I only carried the tune because I didn't know the lyrics. I should have brought my saxophone. And I thought to myself that if my brothers had been there with me, we could have jazzed things up with our quartet. Bebop always knocks people off their feet. We've been playing for years. We're pretty good now. We have a huge repertoire. We could have played something appropriate. You know, farewell blues, body and soul. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Pick yourself up. Follow me. The list goes on. Then we went to the cremation. But from where I was sitting, I couldn't see much. So like everyone else, I stared towards the front, where the coffin was. It was cordoned off with a crimson rope. My mind drifted. I thought to myself that a crimson rope is so cliché. Crime scene tape would have been more imaginative. And if the coffin had been transparent, we could have seen my neighbor. You know the joke. Is it a good idea? Remains to be seen. And of course, as we were waiting, if my brothers had been there with me, again we could have played something appropriate. Countdown. Watch what happens. Fire waltz. Too darn hot. I'll never be the same. The list goes on and on. So, everyone stared at my neighbor's coffin. It was pretty classy, made of solid oak. It was varnished, with fancy trimmings on the edges and golden handles. An expensive coffin, I figured. It must have cost an arm and a leg. Well, two arms and two legs. A whole body, actually. Then they placed the coffin on a conveyor belt. Exactly like at Safeway, where my neighbor used to work. How ironic! And when it went through the hole in the wall into the cremation chamber, that was it. It disappeared. What happened behind that wall was a mystery. It was like a metaphor. A mystical metaphor. I started imagining what it was like beyond, on the other side. I imagined there was a crew hurriedly taking the corpse out, cremating it without the coffin, and that they ran a business with trucks and stuff, selling the coffins in other towns, you know, selling the same coffin several times. Or no, better, no trucks. I thought maybe they had only one single coffin and that they'd been using it over and over again in the same town. What a great business model. 
Talk about minimizing capex and maximizing return on capital employed. No warehousing costs either. And they can sell at a low price to keep the competition at bay. They sure set up a real tough barrier to entry. And customer satisfaction is excellent. And even if a customer wants a value model, all they have to do is say they're out and offer an upgrade free of charge. And when the audit department runs a risk mapping process every year, the only risk they identify is the risk of human beings becoming immortal. That's the only thing that can go wrong. Okay, maybe the coffin has some wear and tear, but you can depreciate that over a period of several years by impairing the asset. Business models don't get any better, I thought. And you can't blame them. They're not doing anything wrong. Environmentally speaking, what they're doing is actually good for the planet. As far as I know, the family doesn't sign a contract saying that the coffin shall not be reused and that it shall be burnt. Now that I think of it, I'm pretty sure I saw one of the undertakers downtown the other day, driving a Ferrari. Hmm, yeah, definitely a wonderful business model. Anyway, while the cremation began, everyone was given a little brochure that explained the cremation process. My neighbor's teenage nephew asked whether instead of paper they had a QR code somewhere or an app he could download on Google Play. He had a point. Let's be modern, guys. And if you're going to save trees by using the same coffin over and over again, you might as well save paper, too. Be consistent. Anyway, the cremation takes place at a very high temperature. Just like in hell, my neighbor's nephew whispered. How ironic. And after a cooling period, the cremains, as they say, are ground to a finer consistency using a cremulator. The cremains are then collected and presented to the family. As I was reading the brochure, I wondered whether the heat that was generated went into pipes that snaked underground to heat people's homes in the neighborhood, you know, share some human warmth. I also thought that when I'd get back home, I'd write a song called Cremulator Blues. But that idea was interrupted when the undertaker came out with the cremains. Then I thought to myself, who says those are my neighbor's cremains? For all I know, they could be someone else's. I wouldn't put it past those undertakers. I could only be certain those were my neighbor's cremains if I saw them say hi to me when I'm in my driveway, wash my neighbor's car, or mow his lawn on Saturdays. But in this case, no. Excuse me, but there's a gnarly doubt. I'd like to have those cremains certified by a coroner. Or at the very least, I think there should be a warranty period. You know, bring the cremains back with you for a week or two, see how they perform, whether they feel at home, and if the family's sure they haven't been deceived, so be it. Fine. You know how they often mix up babies in maternity wards? Well, I don't see why there wouldn't ever be any mistakes at the other end of the chain, if you don't mind my saying so. 
And did you know that in those cremation centers, they had a retail area? That's right. On display, they have different types of containers, various urns and keepsakes, which you can purchase for the ashes. If I ran a place like that, I'd go for broke. There would be shopping carts at the entrance, and I'd sell customized mugs, baseball caps, t-shirts, refrigerator magnets. Or even better, those cheesy snow globes. But instead of snow, there would be the ashes inside. Every now and then, you could give them a twirl, you know, liven things up a bit. My father told me that when he dies, he wants a coffin made of solid oak, with comfortable upholstery and padding inside. I'll follow his last wishes, of course, but what's the point? I know when I die, I couldn't care less what kind of wood my corpse is in, and whether or not it's comfortable. Actually, when my father dies and we go to the cremation, I'll ask the folks there to recycle his coffin for me, so I can bring it home. Like at the restaurant, when you ask for a doggy bag. Another episode of the Muffy Drake Show. You know what? I was just thinking about the current um, situation with the, well, all the different countries in the world and the um, the, the, um, the political. Um, uh, uh, um, what I mean is, um, I once had two friends in the third grade, Timmy and Tommy, and you know what? They were brothers. And you know what else? That's right. They were twins. I'll never forget the one day they shut the whole school down. They really did. We lived in sunny Florida at the time. Um, before Dad got in trouble with the, with the circus people. Um, anyway, one morning it was very cold by Florida standards and they came to school, Timmy and Tommy, without their coats. Now, we all had our coats on that morning, so they looked really funny, shivering in the cold outside the building while we waited to go in. I could see frost on the window of Mrs. McGinnis's classroom. Finally... They let us in, and the teacher was livid. Timmy, Tommy, why did your mother let you come to school without coats? It's freezing outside. And do you know what they both said? That's right. On their way to school, they met two penguins on the beach who were really cold. 
the penguins were so sad. Tommy said they were twins, just like us, and didn't know what to do because it was so cold outside. And that's when the penguins started crying ice cubes, like you see in the cartoons. Well, Timmy and Tommy knew what they had to do. They gave the penguins their coats, and they stopped crying. And we're happy, and started laughing, and they all had a good laugh together on the beach. So, that was the story my friends told the teacher, and she got really, really mad. She looked like one of those those cartoons where the steams come out of the ears. So, you know, I mean, she's just like... What do you mean the penguins took your coat? Penguins don't live on the beach in Florida! Timmy and Tommy stood by the story. And I mean, they wouldn't budge. They even brought in the principal to the classroom in front of all of us to question Tommy and Timmy about the penguin story. They still wouldn't change the story. They gave their coach to the shivering penguins on the beach. Then they brought in the superintendent of the whole school district, and she questioned my friends about their story and what happened to their coats. Same answer. I mean, that was their story, and they were sticking to it. Now, at this point, I'm thinking, come on, guys, give it up. It's not worth the hassle. But they never changed their story. And do you know what? That was their reputation all through school. That one incident marked them for life. And do you know what happened to those two twins, Tommy and Timmy, who stuck by that crazy penguin story? Um, I, 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 I really, I don't, I really don't know. Um, but the two penguins went into real estate in Cocoa Beach during the 1990s and made a lot of money with high-rise condos. She enters the room, sits down on one of the chairs, and takes a magazine from the magazine holder. Basketball Monthly. No, that won't do. She puts it back and pulls out another. Paragliding. Nope, no good either. Your health, since I'm here, she thinks, and starts leafing through it. Pros and cons of breastfeeding. Decades too late, thanks very much. Diabetes after the age of 80. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, won't we? Help wanted ads, let's see. Hmm. Aha!
She fishes for a pencil in her handbag and makes a circle. She starts feeling better already. I keep having the same dream night after night. I'm with the master, Joe Frank. I'm so excited to finally meet him, even if it's on the other side. We are in what appears to be an old burned out warehouse. The space inside is cavernous. It's late at night and we are the only ones there. I'm thinking to myself, did we break in? You know how dreams morph into something suddenly that doesn't make sense. But it does, in the dream. The burned out warehouse is now one of those hi-fi stereo stores from the 1970s. Aisle after aisle of TIAC reel-to-reel tape recorders. Why are we there? Why am I with Joe? What does it all mean? Then Joe motions for me to follow him to yet another aisle and I discover why we are there. Joe and I are shopping together. We are shopping for drones. This is the drone superstore. They have the biggest selection of drone tracks in the world. We listen together to one particular track. I'm nervous. I feel like I should say something, you know, make a comment on the drone we are listening to. I say, Joe. I like this one. It has an unearthly, undulating, sonic quality to it, don't you think? He looks at me with disgust. I can see how foolish I look in my reflection through his aviator sunglasses. I am clearly out of my depth here. I should leave. I make my way to the exit, alone. I turn around to say goodbye to Joe. I want him to know how much he has meant to my life. I need this for me, for closure. It is that important. We make eye contact. I begin to speak. My words are from the heart. But he can't hear them. My voice is drowned out. You've 
been listening to the Muffy Drake Show podcast. And you know what? I just wanted you to know how much we appreciate your listenership. And, um, well, uh, right now we don't, we don't, um, we don't have a lot of listeners. I mean, we, we, we could probably have a picnic and invite all of you. We really could. But, you know, I was thinking that my, my favorite aunt, Aunt Dot, her name was Dorothy, but we called her Aunt Dot. She would always encourage me with, you know, just with the right words. She always had the right words to say, even if um, she was visiting and my dad was really upset. And, and, you know, well, I mean, she just had really bad timing and she'd show up when the... Uh, you know, the circus clown mimes were in the driveway um, because of dad's run-in with them. And so she would just say to my dad, well, why don't you go talk to them and, and just maybe work things out? I don't understand why you just don't go out there. And <laughs> he wasn't having it. Oh, he'd get so mad. And eventually my dad would just tell her to take her spatula collection and leave. Well, anyway, I want to end on a high note and thank all of you who do listen to Muffy Drake. And uh, we'll be preparing our next episode, and it'll drop real soon. Until then, au revoir, amigos.